Welcome to the podcast, Facing the Facts, the path to gaining control, accessing power, and ultimately creating a life of abundance. I'm your guide, Tony Leprino. This episode is for every entrepreneur who wants to reach the next level of success in life, business, and wealth. And I'm joined today with a very special guest, Michelle Vandepass. And before we bring Michelle onto the show, I want to share a little bit about who she is and what she does. And Michelle is the nation's leading expert for entrepreneurs and personal development experts who want to share what they've learned with the world and becoming an author. She's the co-founder of Grace Point Matrix Publishing, the gold standard concierge publishing. And as a book coach and a published author, Michelle has worked with thousands of authors over the last 20 years to publish and promote their books and their work. And as a serial entrepreneur and a serial book selling author herself, she understands the strategy, the messaging, and the creative juice needed to build a platform. And she's a visionary marketer who combines creativity with small business sense to unleash the power for her clients. And Michelle has been featured in numerous media outlets, speaking about her passions with purpose and profit. And she's an esteemed TEDx speaker and a TEDx speaker coach. And Michelle, welcome to the show. Looking forward to talking to you. Yay, thanks. Absolutely. Yeah, glad to be here. Excellent. What did I miss? Did I miss anything? Anything important about what you do and who you are? Tell me a little bit about it. Well, um, yeah, I've lived a lot of years. So there's there's <laughs> there's a lot of stuff under there we could talk about. Um, did you say I'm co-owner of a publishing company? I don't know. Grace Point Matrix? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us and about that. So, yeah. And so what's really cool is we're actually, we're in the middle of, you know, lockdown pandemic and all of that, but we're publishing like crazy. So it's kind of cool that even though some things have really um, quieted down and gotten smaller publishing and of course, online businesses are exploding. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. Absolutely. There's some good, so a little bit of good news in all of this. Have you been in the entrepreneurial game? For 20 years, or what did you do prior to this? Longer. 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 All right. Um, so, you know, as they say with a lot of entrepreneurs, we always did entrepreneurial things. Serial entrepreneurs did entrepreneurial things when they were kids, right? Mm-hmm. But my first real venture, I was about 23, and I started an office supply company back in the days where you actually like walked into a small mom and pop store and bought staples. Nice. So, yeah, so that was my first venture into entrepreneurialism. Um, but I have had a manufacturing company. I've had a restaurant. I've owned several things in the office supply sort of genre. And then I went into marketing consulting and I wrote my first book. And then I went into book consulting and then it sort of morphed from there. So I've been in actually online consulting and book consulting for about 21 years. Oh, wow. Absolutely. When did you write your first book? Um, 21 years ago. What was it? I, well, marketing for the Holistic Practitioner. And it was about how to market if you're a service-based practitioner. And that book, believe it or not, had things like what color flyer paper should you choose, right? Because that's back at the time when you were actually printing flyers on your copy machine and posting them around town. So it's a pretty dated book. You could still find copies, but you know, it's nothing about how we teach marketing today. Yeah. Is that what, is that what really opened your eyes to say, you know, this is, this is what I want to do. Book publishing and consulting and coaching other authors is something... 
it, we'll yeah, it wasn't. That. It morphed. It grew slowly, right? So I'd been an entrepreneur for so long that I had people starting asking me, like, how do I grow my business? How can I market? How can I get more clients? And so even while I was running my small business, I started taking on consulting clients for marketing. And then I wrote that book mm -hmm. because most of the people I was consulting with uh, were service professionals and didn't know how to go get clients, right? Not mom and pop stores, but people that sold their services like massage therapists or acupuncturists. And so I wrote the book and then I slowly morphed more and more into consulting and book consulting at the same time. Back then though, there was no Amazon. No, I'm sure yeah. it was much different. How I mean, obviously how different was it back then to go and, and, and even create a book versus where we are today? Yeah, totally, right? Now you can go online, figure out how to, publish an ebook and get it up on Amazon and be done if you're the kind of person that likes to dig a lot and and try it yourself. Um, back then it was literally finding a printer, running proofs, ordering 5,000 copies that sat in your garage, right? Mm, yeah. These days it is, if nothing else, you can get an Amazon book up pretty quickly and sell it for 99 cents and see what the heck happens. That's not necessarily the most professional type of book that's going to propel a career or help you. And I hope we'll talk about those things. Oh, yeah. In terms of the process, totally different, right? It was many tens of thousands of dollars in an investment back then. And now you can choose to invest a couple hundred books all the way up to, I know someone who sells $60,000 book publishing packages, right? So you have a wide menu of choices now. Yeah, absolutely. Why? So as entrepreneurs, I mean, things have definitely changed uh, over the course of time. And I don't know, maybe it's just me, but it seems like probably the last 10 years, book publishing has been incredibly high and, and, and on the rise for entrepreneurs in that marketing and building and everything revolves around a book. Why should entrepreneurs, what should they know about writing? Why is it important? Ooh, lots of stuff in there. So let's, I'll just dial it back and, and start at the beginning. If an entrepreneur wants to write a book, we want to look at how's that going to help them build their business. And it may be, build their business because it's going to be their long-form sales page. It's going to be their business card. It's going to directly get them clients. But another way it might build their business is it gives them credibility. It gives them a platform. It gives them something to speak about that coalesces all their knowledge and gives them uh, one thing that they can sell that's, mm. that's going to sort of focus their life's work or their thoughts or their entrepreneurial thoughts into a new product or service they can sell. Another thing it might do is give them a way for people to click on a link or to go to a link and opt in and build their business through emails mm -hmm. because people are wanting to find out more and those links are in the book. The most common thing that I find is it's a combination of all of those that the book will take you through a journey that is intensely personal, that really helps you hone your message. Who's your client? 
who do you really want to sell to? Who do you want to read this book? And what is it you want them to know? And once that's in the book, you as an entrepreneur are more confident, more sure of yourself. You know exactly what you want to sell, what you stand on, how you set yourself apart from the competition. Mm -hmm. And that becomes really more evident inside yourself and to the reader because they'll have that in the book. Right, right. Brings a lot of clarity. Bring a lot of clarity, which is only good for entrepreneurs because we tend to be pingy people. <laughs> I can certainly relate to that 100%. And clarity is is a lot to building a business and knowing who you're talking to, what you're talking about, and where really where you want to go. Yeah. And um, do you find a person who comes to you and says, I want to write a book. Are they 10 years into their, their entrepreneur? Are they just beginning? Are they throwing all of this experience that they've had over the course of the year? Tell me about who's coming to you. And Yeah, great, great question. So all kinds of people come to me, but there are certain, uh, certain segments. So I'll break them out. Speakers come to me all the time. I've been told I should have a book. I want to speak and sell from the stage. And that can be right now virtually or in person right? So that's a type of person and they have a message. They already have a signature speech. They want to translate it to a book and go sell it. So that's one type of person. Another type of person is an entrepreneur who has some kind of experience and wants to put that in a book to help build their business. So it could be they have a marketing agency and they want to write 10 tips about you know, uh, how to market yourself or whatever. And you put that out in a book. So it's a very specific lead generation tool that shows that you're a leader in your industry. Then there is um, a whole nother sort of person who has lived some life lessons and they want to teach those lessons through a book. So it could be what I learned through my journey as an entrepreneur. It might be, um, I've been to hell and back because mm -hmm. of X, Y, and Z, mm -hmm. and I want to share that with you. Um, you know, I lost my whole family in a horrific accident. I get those kinds of stories all the time, but here's how you can learn. And entrepreneurs actually write a lot of those types of books. And so those are basically the three kinds of people that I work with the most. Mm -hmm. Yep. Do you, do you find that, um, are people leaning towards more of a uh, self-help book, more of a teaching book, more of a, you know, any, anything more specific in, you know, like a, a certain segment that you're finding more of? So everything that I work with is nonfiction. Okay. And so because it's nonfiction, that sort of tends to lead itself to some kind of personal development or gotcha. teaching book, right? Yeah. So if you're a speaker or a coach or even a podcaster, you may do a personal development book, but usually there's some teaching in there. And it could be, here's what I learned. Here's what I got out of it. Here's my story. Here's some personal development. And here's where I'm going to teach you how to do the same. So at least with my authors, I think it has all of those elements usually to make mm -hmm. a good book, right? Yeah, absolutely. I don't want, I don't want to read all about you. Sorry. No, no. <laughs> I want to read about you in the context of how it's going to help or inspire me. Right. I'm only going from the experience that I have uh, from, from the books that I tend to gravitate to, and it's the nonfiction books. And 
initially it starts from the connection that I have uh, or have found either through a podcast or some recommendation or maybe it was reading another book and there was a, a link to this book or somebody recommended it or whatever it might be. So that's, to me, that was the first thing was the connection to the person. But then as the books that I get the most out of are the educational books, but they're speaking to the results that this person received. Like they were here, this is the problem that they had. Here's the mechanism they used to solve it. And here's the result that they've, they've gotten. And they want to share that with the world. Those are the types of books that you see, the type of framework that you see a lot. Right, right, totally. And uh, and and I think it's important to keep your audience in mind when you're writing the book. If you're going to use it for a lead generation tool, especially, who do you want to buy from you? And write to them. So if you're going to write a book about weight loss, for instance, are you writing to the people that are fitness fanatics that want to just get in better shape? Are you writing to the people who have 300 pounds to lose? Are you writing to the people that are soccer moms? It might be all of those people, but you have to think that through first. And so, you know, the books that you're writing to, that you're reading are probably written for you right? Because you and I may or may not read the same book. Right, exactly. So for somebody who comes to you and and says, you know what, I've never written a book before. I know it's something that I would love to do, but I don't even know where to start. Yeah, Where do you even go? I mean, there's so much information out there. Who do you trust? Who do you know? What's the process? How to make and determine what the book's creative energy and the purpose is? How do you even start there? Yeah, I love that. So I have a whole course on the purpose of your book. So what a great lead-in for that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, here's here's what I would ask somebody. Why are you writing the book? Are you writing the book because it's always been your dream to write a book and you're going to write the book and you don't really, you hope it goes viral, but really if your best friends and your family buy it, that's good enough. And that that's a great reason to write a book. Right. So yeah. if, if that's all you want and it's just on your bucket list, write the book and have fun with it and don't stress and publish it and keep the cost down and give it away to friends and family. If you want to write a book as a lead generation tool or to build your platform, then I would start by saying, what is the one thing you're willing to stake your put your stake in the sand about? What is the one thing you stand for? What? What is it that if you're talking to a potential client and you um, really want their business, what are you going to tell them about you? And that's what you put in the book. Is it that you have the best customer service ever? Is it that you can help them lose that 10 pounds or 100 pounds? Is it that you're the best financial planner out there because of X, Y, and Z? So whatever it is that you would say to win over a potential client, that's probably what we want in the book. And then we start building, are there three tips you have? Is there a process that you use? And we don't have to give away everything. We're not giving away things that you would normally charge for, but we're explaining to people why they need your process. We're giving them some tools to start with. And, you know, a good book coach can help someone through this process. Most entrepreneurs have all this in their head. Mm. They do, and they just need someone to help pull it out. So you can video record yourself. You can audio record yourself. You can have someone interview you. You can start writing bullet points or outlines. 
you can go back and transcribe all the podcasts you've ever been mm-hmm. on. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a really good point because it can be, I mean, life as an entrepreneur is busy enough. And to say, I'm going to go and, and write a book seems like a very daunting task. And most, and I know where my head goes immediately says, geez, who am I to write a book? Who am I to even even start or even do something like that. Only the only the people who are really successful write books. Let's talk about that myth. Right. So I work with people all the time where I interview them and we transcribe it. And that's a really easy, fast way for an entrepreneur to get a book done. Lots of people have written books where the book has helped them become more successful. So that what you're posing is a chicken and the egg thing. Yeah right? Um, The more successful you become, the more chance there is that you'll have someone to help you write your book because you'll have money to pay ghostwriters and editors and those kinds of things. But if you've written web pages, if you've been on podcasts, if you've written sales copy, if you have an email responder, you can write a book. You You just need some help pulling it all together. Really, entrepreneurs tend to do pretty well with bullet points and outlines. Mm-hmm. Yep. You just start putting post-it notes up around your wall or writing bullet points. What do I want in the book? Oh, yeah, I had this thought. Oh, yeah, I had this thought. And a good editor or book coach will help you pull together what should go in the book and what gotcha. should be left out. Gotcha. So that's, again, part of your process is, as a coach. Yeah. Those are the types of things that you would bring to the table as somebody who came to you and says, I don't know where to start. I need some help. I know what I want to write about. These are the things that I'm passionate about. This is what I do. How do I put this into paper form and how do I go about selling it and making a huge impact on the world? Yeah, totally. A lot of, I say at the beginning, more words are better. Don't worry about self-editing yourself. Get it all out on paper. We'll figure out if it belongs in this book, if it belongs in the sales copy, if it belongs in the workbook. We should just trash that section altogether. We'll figure that out. Gotcha. Not wasting anything because as you write, this paragraph will lead to this thought, which may lead to a brilliant gem that needs to be in. Mm-hmm. And we may get rid of that first paragraph you did, but we want that gem and we may not get to that gem unless you just go through the process of writing. Gotcha. So how does that collaborative partnership um, publishing differ from traditional publishing? Tell us the difference between those two, because that's probably something that nobody's even thought about. Yeah, so traditional publishing, the old school publishers, you turn over your manuscript, they take it, they edit it, maybe working with you in editing, but they'll edit it, do a book cover, publish it, pay your royalty, done. Old school. It's Mm -hmm. changing a little bit, right? But most people, when they think about that, they also think about they have to write a book proposal, send it off to 20 or 50 people to get published. They may or may not get accepted. And once they do get accepted, it's about a two-year process um, for traditional publishing. So I also want to just talk for a minute about self-publishing because the other the other extreme about that is you publish your own book, you put it up, mm-hmm. you do your own editing covers, you get it up on Amazon, all your own promotion, right? Yeah. And then there's everything in between. What we do with our collaborative publishing is we work with a traditional publishing model where we publish, we use our ISBNs, we pay your royalty, but that royalty depends on marketing, 
what you can bring to the table, what we bring to the table, what we think the potential of the book is. And so we work together with you to help create marketing. You may invest, you may not invest. It it sort of depends. We look at each author independently and we come up with a plan to help you, to help us both get a successful book. And so that's a little different because most other publishers don't do that. Mm. Um, Some publishers will charge you and then take the book and go do the marketing for you, which might work, Mm -hmm. right? That that works as well. And there's new publishers out there that do that. Uh, We tend to have a team of people here where we talk individually with with every potential author. What kind of platform do you have already? Do you already have a mailing list of 10,000 people or 20,000 people? Do you have a social media following? All those things make a difference when it comes to selling books. And if you don't have that, then maybe we'll work with you to start getting that so that you can sell more books. Gotcha. Gotcha. Do you see entrepreneurs or whoever, whoever you're working with, when they come to you, do they, do you start to go out to the market and say, Hey, would you buy something like this? Would you buy a book like this and market it before it's? before it's published to see what what kind of grip you got on the market and whether or not this is going to be successful? Or do you go the other way around and say, here's the book, let's put this in people's hands however we need to? Yeah, that's a good question. So a traditional publisher would do more of the first one where they're not even going to take a book unless they think they have a spot for it gotcha. in their line. We don't take every book. But we take a lot of books because we figure, especially we're pretty niche in the business, personal development, self-growth, entrepreneurial industry. I mean, that's not niche, but, you know, we figure if you have a book in you, you have an audience. It may be a smaller audience than you think, but especially if you're going to use it to build your platform, you need to you need to do the book because that's going to give you credibility. Mm. So... Just by publishing a book, you will get more business because it gives you credibility. It gives you a platform. It's going to take you, as I said earlier, through your own personal growth where you'll feel more confident. You'll probably raise your prices. That comes a lot with publishing a book. So in a traditional market, they're looking for, can we sell 10 or 20,000 copies? In our model, we're looking for, if I sell 1,000 copies, am I likely to get five new clients from that? And is that enough? Mm-hmm. Will that more than pay for the book, right? right? So if a coach is selling, let's say, a $3,000 package and they get five new clients the first three months the book is out, that's a win. Absolutely. And Absolutely. so our our metrics are different, right? Our metrics right. are different. Well, sure, would we love to sell ten or 20,000 copies of a book? Of course. And mm-hmm. have we done that? Yes. But that's few and far between these days. Right. What's more important is that if you are a health coach or a financial coach, financial advisor, that you're selling your book to the people that might want to buy your services or hire you for speaking or to help you sell your online workshop or to help you get to the next level. Right. And it can definitely be, you know, I've seen it be used as like a prerequisite. Hey, before you come and work with me, you need to buy this book and you need to read it. And then well, we're going to ta- and we're going to talk about this because the things that are inside this book are exactly what we do with our clients and this is the process. So be absolutely. ready to go. And if you don't yeah. like it, then you're not coming in you're not coming in. 
you got to educate yourself and here it is. Well, and some people have like their whole, like you're saying, the whole process. The other way is I had a PR agency once send me their book and say, if you want to work with me, you got to read the book first is how we work together. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. So same kind of thing mm-hmm. that you're talking about. Yeah. Now you mentioned something that I have, I have no clue about. You use an ISBN. What is that? Great question. So do you have a book behind you anywhere? Yeah, I got one. Hang on. If you open up the copyright page, I'm going to show you here. And on the back of the book, I'm just randomly picking up a book I have here. Oh, we're not we're we're not on video. It's audio only. I'm yeah, doing that's all okay. my props here. So anybody that's listening, pick up a book, and on the back cover, you'll see the barcode, and across the top, it has an ISBN. Oh, there it is. And then you open up the copyright page, and you'll see who the copyright is, who the publisher is, and the ISBNs listed there. If there's no ISBN, it means that it's self-published, either at a local printer or through Amazon. Amazon does not require ISBNs. And and that's okay. They'll they'll assign their own ISBN. They do they do sign EAN numbers. They sign assign numbers. An ISBN is a little bit like your social security number kind of. Yes, yeah, that's a really good analogy. Social security number for a book. Yeah. And it assigns who's the author, who's the publisher of this book. Whoever owns the ISBN owns the book. Mm-hmm. Not the content, but the book as a package. Okay. So if you go pull your ISBN yourself, you buy ISBNs and you're an author and you pull ISBNs and you go to a publisher and say, I want to use my ISBN, you're self-publishing. You're using the publisher as a consultant. Okay. If you turn your book over to a publisher and they use their ISBN, you cannot then go take that book and and publish that book yourself because a publisher then owns that book for the remainder of the contract until they pull it down. So we're starting to get a little bit technical here. I don't know how deep you want to go, but this is a mistake a lot of authors make. Okay, let's help them avoid this mistake. So. Here's what I see. I'm going to sort of give you an example because I think this will help pull it into focus for people. They've They've gone to a publisher that they found online. They paid five grand and the publisher published their book. Didn't do anything. Publisher took the five grand and ran. They may be really legit. They got the the book published, right? Mm Mm-hmm. It's up on Amazon. It's up on the publisher's page, but nothing's happening with the book. And then somewhere or another, the author finds me and says, I want you to publish the book. I can't. I see. It's under contract with the other publisher. So we've got some choices. You can go ask the other publisher to pull the book down. They may. They already got paid their five grand. They may or they may not. Depends mm-hmm. on their interest. In, right? Yep. You can rewrite a new book with a new cover. And start again. Yeah. Right. But you can't just go take a book that's already been assigned an ISBN and republish it. I see. And that's a mistake authors make because they don't realize that they've sort of given up control. I see. So they now, obviously shouldn't do that. Well, no. Not necessarily. So, I mean, that's a really good point, right? Is giving up control a good thing or a bad thing? Well, let's say you want a job, you go work for 
a big corporation, you're giving up control of your day, but you're getting a paycheck and maybe health insurance, mm-hmm. right? It's not a bad yeah. thing. It's just understanding, ah. right? It's just understanding so that you're making educated choices for yourself. If you think, um, yeah, I'm going to go work for this person, but the um, I realize that I get zero vacation days, then you're making educated choice. Mm. You know, if you're getting paid $7 million a year, that may be a really good choice. Right. Right. So giving up control is not a bad thing. It's just understanding it. Yeah, absolutely. Understanding what you're giving up control of. Yeah. And then making an educated choice. And if you come publish with me, same thing. You're going to give up some control. Right. Right. I mean, that's the only way to completely control it is if you you self-publish and take the whole thing on yourself, but you're still, you still give up some form of well, okay, here's another example. You publish through Amazon. Amazon can lower the price, right. not ask you. Amazon may change the categories, right? You're still, mm-hmm. you, you, so you, control's an illusion. We want to go down that rabbit hole? <laughs> yeah, no, we don't have to. We don't have to. It's definitely understood, definitely understood uh, that it is, it, it certainly can be an illusion with it. So with all the, with all the information out there and all the, I'm sure there's a lot of publishers. I'm sure there is. I've yeah, never, lots. I've, I've never looked say to even start the process or even look. Yeah. Um, how would how would somebody who's never even who's never done it, and maybe even if they already have, and maybe they had a bad experience, how do they go about choosing the right and knowing that you have the right type of publisher and the right person to work with? So I'll speak for myself and yeah. what we offer, and that is I kind of know when I talk with an author if I want them. And I think they know too, there is a a connection that you have or you don't have. Mm -hmm. And because we do collaborative publishing and we're going to have some kind of relationship with the author, we want to make sure we can at least talk and laugh a little bit together, right? Yeah. Publishing, writing a book and publishing is so rewarding, but it's like anything that's difficult. If you decide you want to climb Kilimanjaro or learn how to swim when you're 40 years old or undertake a marathon or learn a new, new language, mm. anything like that, it's there's going to be difficult times. So you want somebody in your corner that both pushes you when the times get hard and encourage you. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when you're choosing a publisher, are you going to just turn it all over to them and say, man, I'm so glad that's done. Here's my money or not my money because money's not in the equation in this conversation here. I'm going to turn over my manuscript, wash my hands of it so I can get back to doing what I love. Let me know when the book's out. There are publishers like that and that works for some people. Right. Right. Or do you want to be like, I want 100% control over my cover. Then you work with a publisher that gives that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you got to just think about what are you looking for? And then what if you publish your book and it sells 10 copies? Right. Are you going to have a publisher that's going to say, well, we need to do this. We need to do that. We're going to work with you. We're going to try this. Let's go try some social media campaigns. Or are you on your own? And where's your royalty fit? So I would always say, have a conversation. First decide what kind of relationship you want. Mm -hmm. And then have a conversation with some people and decide who's the best match for you. 
right? And I'm sure for, for somebody like yourself, you've been in it for a long time, you know what works, you know what doesn't work, you know the exact type of person that, that's coming to you. And from a conversation with them, I'm sure that when you get off the phone with them and say, yes, this is going to be great, this is going to be a great project for everybody involved, seems like it seems like you really create the environment for a win-win situation for everybody. We try, we try. It doesn't work always, but we got a pretty good batting average, right? Um, here's the other thing. People are going to listen to you on your podcast and they're going to know right away, I, I love this guy, I'm going to subscribe. Or they're not. Right. And people are going to listen to me and they're going to say, wow, I want to talk to Michelle or they're not. There's something intuitive about it. Absolutely. I'm sure. I'm sure it's a, it's a very, it's a personal thing. It is. And it's a creative process. So, yep. you know, there's a science to the actual publishing of the book, but the relationship between publisher and author is a little bit like athlete and coach, maybe. Great analogy. Great analogy. <laughs> there's, there's coaches that I've played for that have just, nope, don't jive. Right, and then there's right. the ones that you, the ones that you really connect with make a lasting impact on the rest of your life. And and coaches aren't always the nicest people, but no. it, but it doesn't matter if you know that they've got your best interest at heart and you trust them. Yes, that's absolutely one hundred percent. That is a that is a great point, and trust is a big word. Yeah, you know, especially in in today's world, is building that connection with somebody is one of the hardest things to do, and um, you know, writing, there's no, there's no better way than when you're writing a book and, and talking to somebody and have a conversation with them and they get it and they understand. And you can, you can feel the difference when you're talking to somebody that really has your best interest in mind and wants to put out the best product and have the best experience. Because again, it's, it's your time too, right? I mean, right. And you know, we got to make money too. Of course. You know, we don't want to put out a, a book that's not going to do well. I mean, you know, we want to put out a good book and and we want to be realistic about it too. So we may sell 10,000 copies or we may say, if we sell a thousand copies, this is a home run for all of us and let's right. try to do better. But let's go really work on getting you those five or 10 or 20 coaching clients too. Absolutely. And I'm sure it's scary. I'm sure it's real scary as, you know, somebody who comes to you and it's their first book and when you don't have any experience with something, it's scary. I mean, it's like, I'm going to spend this money. I don't even know if it's going to work. I don't even know if it's the right thing for me. What are what are the mistakes that you want to avoid or you help avoid for first publishers, people who are coming out for their first book? What are the ex- mistakes that they need to avoid? Well, we talked about the ISBN. Yep. Um, another one is uh, people aren't willing to spend money on editing. Mm-hmm. And then they start getting bad reviews on Amazon. And you see that all the time. Oh, really? Um, and if you get bad reviews on Amazon, you can get bad reviews, but you got to have good reviews too. Most definitely. Right. I mean, everything's on reviews right now, right? Right. I mean, and that's how I go about buying something. You look at a review. Well, and you know, back in the old days, back in uh, January of 2020, <laughs> when we would go try a new restaurant, we'd look on reviews, right? Yeah, right. Um, and so... You can have bad reviews, but it, you got to spend money on editing. And, mm-hmm. and people like to cut corners there for some reason. You got to have a good book cover and a book title. Here's, I think, where the mistake is that 
people get married in their head to the vision of what they think the book should be and aren't always open to the feedback that if we change the title or change the cover, it will do better. Gotcha. If we can get through people like, yes, this is your creative project and it's your baby and let's look and see what's going to do well in in the business world. Let's look and see what's going to sell. If we can have those hard conversations, we can usually find what works for both sides. Yeah, I know one of the hardest one of the hardest things to to really grasp and let go of is we don't get to decide what works. We're back at that control conversation, <laughs> aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I love the analogy of you plant the seeds and then see what grows. You let go and let God. You know, there's so many analogies, way to look at this. You do the hard work. Um, That saying where opportunity meets uh, preparation and luck equals opportunity, right? Mm. You got to do the work. Yeah. But we don't really know what's going to happen. Right. Absolutely. That's a really good... But if you do the work and you do it with good intention, Mm -hmm. something usually comes out well for all the players. Right. Just not may not be exactly what you expect. Right. And worst case scenario, if it's a, you know, if it's a it's a big awakening for yourself as the person who goes through the creative project, then that's a that's something that you can't you can't put a price on. And I think every author that you has used a book as a business card has has raised their prices. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you do get through a place where you're like, "Wow, I really know what I'm doing here." Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. I'm sure. Do entrepreneurs need a book? Do you need a book to to really validate yourself? No, but I, I would ask the question, do entrepreneur, most entrepreneurs want a book? Yes. Mm-hmm. Will it help? Yes. Are there plenty of entrepreneurs who've been really successful without a book? Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Is it another way to market yourself? Yes. Yeah. Are there entrepreneurs who've been successful without YouTube? Absolutely. Do you need YouTube? No. If you want YouTube, should you do it correctly? Yes. Yeah. Should you yeah. leverage it? Should you understand some of the 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 games, some of the rules, some of the the hidden secrets to get successful and get the million subscribers or you know whatever? Yes. Mm-hmm. You should learn. So same thing with the book. You don't need one. Would it be fun to have one? Absolutely. Can you use it for marketing? Absolutely. Does it give you platform leverage, credibility? Absolutely. Yeah, certainly. 100%. I can definitely see that. It's like a podcast too, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's when I first, when I started this thing, I mean, I had no idea. (laughs) To me, I, I certainly do. I mean, I'm selfish by having the people on as guests because I get to learn from some, some really creative people and, and you to use it inside my own world, but also to put it out to the listeners. But this was set up, I mean, for me to really just just to go out and have a platform to be able to spill what was going on in my world, what I've learned, where I was, the problems that I had, the solutions that I that I came up with and where I am today and how other people can can just because I'm no, I'm just an average guy who's a, a husband, a father of two, and just trying to do the best I can for for life and business and wealth and Provide for a family, right? I love so, that. And and you got a book in there somewhere too, right? Someday. Someday. <laughs> I don't know yet. <laughs> there's always there's they're in there, right? Yeah. There's so many things that it's in there. 
It's definitely yeah. in there. So, you know, with, with things being busy, with busy schedules and things, and, you know, I know a lot of, a lot of things that I've seen about writing books is how to, how to put out a book in X amount of time. So Ooh. how about 90 days, right? I mean, yeah, how do you yeah. put it out quickly? Yeah. So um, most entrepreneurs have it in their head. We can get it out of your head and on paper in 90 days, no problem. Mm-hmm. Is that the right thing it, to do? Well, that's the next question, right? So for some people, yeah, I've worked with people who say, wow, I just got a big speaking engagement and I need to get this book out. No problem. We can do that. It may not be your big signature book. It may be a book that you use as a business card and maybe there's a a bigger book, more in-depth book that comes later. In 90 days, it's probably not going to be your in-depth life's work book unless you have some of it written. But 90 days, we can interview you, get it all transcribed, get nice layout cover, edited, delivered, right? Um, And that works especially for business card type books, quick books, long sales copy type books. If you really want to put out a book that is your life's work, and maybe Lee is sort of going to be your signature book, you've heard a signature talk or signature Mm. um, courses online, those kinds of things, that probably will take longer than 90 days. Um, And so I like to talk and find out what's the goal of the book. Right. How big do you think this is going to be? Is it going to be, here's what you need to know about financial advising and the three things you should interview anybody before you choose. And here's what I've learned in my 20 years of financial advising. We can put that together in 90 days. Gotcha. Absolutely. So a lot of the other craze uh, that I see out there and a lot of big things that are, that are put out there are, are eBooks. Yeah. From a personal perspective, are you one to see more success inside of something that is tangible that you can grab a hold of and sell versus having the online version of a book? So you make more money on a paperback, you make more royalties on a paperback, but ebooks sell better. I see. So I think it's a two pronged approach. I buy both personally. Mm-hmm. I read a lot of ebooks. And especially with Amazon on Kindle Unlimited, you can read books for free. But if I really like the book or want to take notes, or if I'm in a bookstore, I buy books as well. So I think you, I think these days you have to have both. Okay. Yeah. That, I mean, that leads into, you know, putting the package together, right? Is it smart to, is it smart to package everything, to have that paperback version, to have that hard or a hardcover version and, and, then, and maybe an audio book too that's maybe. what yeah absolutely yeah. and then the kindle version and then the audio version do you right. do you deal with the whole package or yeah totally yeah yeah we do all of those um and here's another that leads me to another mistake sometimes brand new authors make is they put out a different cover for the audio audio book and the paperback and the ebook thinking they need different covers and it should be the same cover same branding same everything Sometimes you'll have a different cover for a different country. Mm -hmm. But in terms of U.S. market, if we're promoting a book and we're even if we're promoting it worldwide, we rarely change covers once in a while. Right. Right. That makes sense. How do you know when it's right? How do you know when you when the timing is right and you've been there and you've maybe you've thought about it for a little while and maybe you've tossed the idea back and forth and you always talk yourself out of it? How do you know when it's right 
for them to spend and, and to, to really spread the message. When is it time to write the book? Or if it's even right for them? Wow. I think you got to talk it through with somebody. Could be me, another publisher, a friend, someone you trust. Not somebody's going to be like, who do you think you are to write a book? No, no. Somebody who's got your back, right? Yeah. Um, if you're looking to grow your business, write your book. If it's something you've always wanted to do and it's on your bucket list, don't put it off. Write your book. If it scares you a little bit, probably write your book because anything worthwhile doing is a little bit scary. When I did my TED Talk, I was terrified. Um, If you feel like you're going to fail, you should probably write your book. Like, I don't know how many times I've tried to learn Spanish. Right. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to fail again at learning Spanish. But every time I try, I get a little bit farther along. Yeah. And so if, if it's any of those reasons stopping you, you should probably do it. If you just feel like, yeah, I want to write a book, but I just know today's not the day. Mm-hmm. That's a legitimate reason. Yeah. But if it's fear, self-doubt, any of those things stopping you, those aren't legitimate reasons. You just need a good coach. Gotcha. And, and to me, you don't have to have like a, to write it around a major event or a major tragedy that happened and how you, this happened in my life and how I overcame it. No. Not everybody has had that happen, right? And those are not always the easiest books to read. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So you mentioned something about the TED Talks. Let's talk, I mean, not, that's a huge craze, right? I know things are going to change a little bit with the way that the world is right now about getting in front of the large crowds. In, in person anyway. Uh, so let's talk about public speaking and talking about putting that message out on that platform. Yeah. So, you know, TED, to get on TED or TEDx, you got to have something worth sharing. You got to have a unique spin on something and you can't just get up there and sell yourself, your products or services. You can't even really um, promote a book. It's not how it works for mm-hmm. TED. So TED is a fun Thing to do that also will give you huge credibility. Um, when I did my TED Talk, I was scared to death, by the way. I've got a whole, that's a whole hour long podcast about how I was curled up in a ball, scared to death to do it. And then, of course, once you do it, you're like, oh, okay, that wasn't so bad. Awesome. Right? It's just whenever you try anything new right. and you feel good, woohoo, I did it. I got to the other side. Didn't get me anything in terms of public speaking that I thought it would, mm-hmm. brought me huge amounts of credibility and street cred. Mm. Everybody's always like, wow, you got a TED Talk. Whoa, you got a book, right? And they're, right. And they're so excited. Um, and so it has brought me business, a lot of business over the years, but not in the direct A to Z way that I thought it would. Gotcha. Gotcha. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, so as we wrap this thing up, I mean, you've put, you've thrown out a whole bunch of stuff and a yeah. whole bunch of knowledge on writing a book, why it's important, some of the mistakes you can avoid when you know it's time is right, all those types of things that come along. So for the listeners, we're going to end it this way. What are three things? What are the three things that if you are considering writing a book, what are three major things that you need to consider and action steps that you can take? For this book not for your whole life, for this book, what is it you really want to put out in the world? What is it you really think is important for your heart to share right now? Start there. Might be purpose. It might be financial planning. It might be weight loss. It might be your personal journey, but choose one. And then 
be okay with choosing that because it doesn't mean you can't write your second book next year. But be okay with whatever you choose right now and anchor into that. Find someone to work with. Could be online book coach, could be a book writing group, could be a Facebook group, but you will get discouraged. So you got to get some kind of support somewhere. Um, It's hard to just, some people can do it, sit in their hole and write their book and get it done and say who I did it. But if you need, if you're the kind of person that feels like you're going to need support, find some support. And then understand the process. It's like getting into anything. You can paint for fun, take up painting and um, paint all day, every day and have a lot of fun with it. And the minute you want to sell in galleries, it turns into a business. It's a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. You got to learn about pricing per square inch and frames and you know all of it, right? And commissions. So as soon as you think, okay, I've got this book I'm going to publish, it turns into a business. So learn enough of the business or ask enough questions so that you can be educated in whatever you decide to do. Excellent. Excellent. So let's say we have a listener that comes and listens to this podcast and they have they have uh, some interest in talking about a book. And yeah. how do they find you? Yeah. So michellevandepass.com or gracepointpublishing.com, my two sites, and Google either one of those and I'll come right up, schedule a call with me. Awesome. Well, thanks thanks for the time. I really do appreciate it. It was great talking to you. Learned a heck of a lot about publishing and, and writing books and why it's important. So I appreciate the time. Thanks so much and take care of yourself. Yeah, this is a blast. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of Facing the Facts, the path to gaining control, accessing power, and ultimately creating a life of abundance. Are you an independent business owner or real estate professional who's ever felt like you're out on this island alone, going through this journey of life and business, and there's nobody else around you experiencing the same challenges and problems that you face every single day? Have you ever felt like you just needed somebody to talk to, somebody who got it? somebody who has experienced the same challenges that you face, somebody who could bring some perspective into your world, or maybe you're tired of trying to figure this game of life out alone and you want to talk to somebody about your specific challenges and how to break free of the chaos. I want to introduce to you high performance coaching for independent business owners and real estate professionals who want to unlock their life's purpose and passion, access the power across all areas of life, including their health and their wellness, mindset and belief, relationships and family and gain control of their money so that you can create a life of prosperity and abundance and ultimately reach financial freedom. Head over to the show notes to learn more about high performance coaching. Stay tuned for next week's episode and thanks again for joining me.